So since then I have this one standard dialogue which all my friends hit me on the head for saying I say it's all in the mind. So when I was trying to go to Everest base camp, thanks to Vishal, who said, "Chal," I went to a doctor who said, "No, you can't go because your challenge is oxygen, and the only thing less there is oxygen." I said, "Okay, so how do we work it around?" And I sat with Dilshad, who's a rock star. She said, "Okay, what do you want?" I said, "My machine needs to be charged." She said, "Fine, I'll organize for the machine to be charged." Then the guy said, "But it will not work at that altitude." So I said, "Okay, let's break it down. At what altitude will it stop working?" He said, "This." I said, "So that's only four days." So then I went to the Rasa will I die in 4 days. Welcome to the Revolutionary Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Neeta Bhushan, and every week I interview unique game changers from local heroes to business icons to innovative CEOs all from different parts of the world, exposing a new frontier of leadership. Grounded in emotional intelligence, in our conversations we explore authentic and raw stories ranging from resilience, impact, and transformation as they bring in a new era of compassionate leadership, using what I like to call emotional grit into their own lives. If you're curious to know more, check us out at emotionalgrit.com. Wow, Rahul. <laughs> Mr. Norvaker. Hosty. Welcome to my oasis today. Okay. At this Devang place and I love this vibe and the kites. Yeah, right? It's beautiful. It's like we're in Bali or Thailand, yes. but really Except there was Rajma chawal outside. So <laughs> Rajma chawal. That brought me back. For to those Bali. of you who don't know, it's like kidney beans and rice. Indian staple for Punjabi. Staple Punjabi food. Totally. Um, amazing. You are... Okay, I need to put my <laughs> tummy in. <laughs> global entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. How many things can I even put you in categories? But you have such incredible stories from every single walk of life. Yeah, that way I'm blessed. Yes. I've had fun in life. You've had lots, lots of fun. Lots of fun. and i feel like you know the universe kind of brought us together kind of in yeah. some interesting beautiful way but here yeah. we are yes and you are one of the top mentors investors i don't know big startup scene all in india and i'm old so i'm 44 <laughs> so obviously you're not that I've old done more. <laughs> you're not that old not that old no. but i'm really honored and thankful that you're here we're chatting okay and i want everybody to know kind of how you got started and where or how did it lead you to where you are today doing all of the things that you love and all the things that you get to say no to so i think like abhimanyu before i was born i was i was very so i was supposed to be born on 2nd of october 1972 mm-hmm. but i realized it's a dry day in india okay so i came one day before i came on 1st of october perfect even better <laughs> because i love my old monk so so that is where i think it got established that you know i can see in the future and i can predict and i take action mm. so that was there Then of course I went to a, by a quirk of fate because I'm a seven month premature baby. Are you? Okay. And in India in those days that one year used to matter. Mm. So my dad decided to put me in a small school to complete one year and then move to the larger school. Mm. And that school was a very small school called Sardarni Pratap Singh Janta Vidyalaya. Oh wow! So when I was in the first standard, the school was still the first standard. I was the first batch. Mm. Very poor school. Unfortunately, my dad who used to work in a factory, the factory got shut down. Mm-hmm. it never opened mm-hmm. so then i remained in that school work of fate uh, second thing that happened and i i genuinely feel i am ganpati's blessed child mm. because every time something so to say bad has happened to me 
something really awesome has come out of it. Mm. So that is the first moment of me being in that school, uh, where it was all poor kids and actually nice school but very small. Right. Then all the kids and I used to live in a chawl. Because you, know you what grew a up is. in like the, yeah, in it's, like it's the city. Yeah, what technically called slums. Yeah, the slums. So I had a hundred square feet as my home. Oh, wow. Uh, and when I re recently went back with my son to show him, I was wondering how did we stay here, you know. Wow. But, I mean, so that literally was home. the size of maybe this. Size, of yeah. This. Yeah. About hundred square feet. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all the kids for some fight decided to outcast me. Mm. So nobody was talking to me for many years. Mm. I don't even remember what the flight was. But then I would come back from school and I had nothing to do because nobody would play with me. Mm. So I got into the habit of reading. Mm. So I started with the Marathi Bible which was lying in my home, I don't know for what reason. Bible? It was in Marathi. Achha. So I read the whole thing a couple of times, I was very fascinated. Then I wanted to read more. Mm. So I graduated to some comics. Mm. And then there was this uh, Raddiwala right across the street mm -hmm, who mm -hmm. used to get all these comics and magazines from all the high-end apartments right behind. And I started reading those comics. Then I graduated to magazines and then novels. So I was doing Harold Robbins maybe, maybe when I was at seven, eight years old. Oh, wow. The, the good part is my English became better than the school I was in. <laughs> wow. So I started topping in all the subjects. Mm. In fact, what used to happen is when I was in fourth standard mm. and in the vacations of fifth standard, I would complete all my studies for fifth standard except maths. Okay. I would suck at maths. Okay. The challenge with maths was very early, I, my eyesight had become weak. So I couldn't look at the blackboard and see it clearly. And I didn't want to tell my parents because the burden of buying spectacles was financial. So mm. I, for a couple of years, I never told anybody that I couldn't see clearly. Oh, wow. So I would study everything on my own. I would top in all subjects till maths would happen and I would go drop to second rank. Mm. So for, I think, most of my school life, I had a second ranker. Which is not so bad. Which is not so bad. Yeah. The good part was because I had done everything and the mm. school was small, they allowed me to do whatever. Mm. So I would do dramatics, I would do... Bhangra, I would do, I was the school head boy, I would represent the school in various science competitions. So it, my personality grew. Yeah. So if I look back, it was a technically a bad thing to be in that school, but for me it worked. Yeah. Because everybody decided to boycott me, I developed a habit of reading. It's helped me throughout. And then by a quirk of fate, uh, I had access to magazines like Fortune and Time and Life in those days. Wow. When you were and really this is young. before there was Google. Yeah. So what started happening is whenever I would go and chat with people, I would chat with them about stuff which they would think, oh wow, how do you know this? Mm. So I got admitted into the best colleges later mm. on. My circle of friends were more mature. I remember I had accompanied a friend uh, when I was doing my 11th standard for a PG diploma in marketing management. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I started chatting with the director and when I started chatting, he decided to give me an admission. Although it was a PG program for people who had done their college. I was the only guy who was doing his 12th standard and simultaneously doing a PG in marketing management. Of course. So it helped me. Yeah. It <laughs> so first three months were horrible because I didn't had no clue what's happening. But then I started spending time in the library. I started reading Peter Drucker, Philip Kotler, all that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I started becoming good at presentations. Mm. So then when I went and then when I went to college, I became a rock star because I could speak well. I was I had come from a management program. Right. So I was the only one arguing with teachers. And in that era. Most kids in colleges in India would never argue with a teacher because teacher was up there and right. you just you listen one way. Yeah, so whatever he says, you just take notes. Right. And I was the one who would counter argue and say, but no, this is what happened. Mm. So the other incident I remember is I had taken economics and political science. And we had this question which said the Indian foreign policy is panchil, which is non-interference. Mm. Now, this was in a textbook from many years. Of course. But that time India had gone and invaded Sri Lanka, so to say IPKF. Yeah, yeah. 
So I wrote the textbook answer, but I also said, but this is what happened. That got read out in class. The but. Yeah. The but part yeah, yeah, that, yeah. okay, this is a kid who's a topper and my confidence. So stuff like this started breeding my confidence. Mm. So when I look back, every time there's something which has been bad, I think something really awesome has come out of it. So that's yeah. my journey throughout. Yeah, and it's always like, you know, in the quote-unquote worst times that we have, mm. in those moments of, you know, I call the resilience of our lives, mm -hmm. you kind of see your biggest blessings or the biggest absolutely, teaching points. Absolutely. And so now that you, you know, do this, you know, day in and day out with, you know, several different entrepreneurs and so many different people that kind of, you know, knocking at your door, pulling at your leg, all of these things. <laughs> yeah. so, Some of them literally do that. <laughs> so how do you make time for you? Because I think that as we grow and I see this sitting with so many different leaders from around the world, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're in Silicon Valley or doesn't matter if you're, you know, in Europe or in South America or in or Gurgaon, or Gurgaon <laughs> right? You yeah. know, it affects us all as far as, okay, we want to serve. Mm. We want to serve, you know, what we've been given, these gifts. Mm. But then when do you say no? And you know, how, how, how is your discernment or um, how have you been able to make that time for you? Or have you even had this challenge? Oh, it is a huge challenge. Uh, the challenge, the biggest challenge today is because I'm supposed to be somebody. Earlier, if I would say, no, I can't make the time for you, it was okay. But now when I do it, a lot of people get very emotional and upset and say, okay, now because you're big, mm. in India you have this concept, you have become a bada admi or a big guy, so you don't have time for me. Mm. That's one challenge. Mm -hmm. Now it's very easy to connect with people. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I get requests on Facebook, on LinkedIn, yeah, and yeah, yeah. On, now on your phone, on WhatsApp. And most, unfortunately, most people don't realize that, okay, there is a time constraint. Mm -hmm. There's okay. only 24 hours There's in only a 24 day. hours. <laughs> yeah. And then there are times when you don't you don't have the you're not in the mood to chat so i remember uh, pallavi was in the icu mm. and she's been having this challenge for a long time and i was sitting in apollo i mean for many days i was sitting in, and, and this honestly is your wife. this, uh, this is, is my wife, wife. You've been yeah. with her for so many years and it was this time it was traumatic in the sense because see when earlier whenever she had a surgery or whatever rian was very small mm. she was not able to understand but now he's been able to understand so he started asking me very pointed questions is she going to die mm. is she never going to come back and it was affecting me Okay, although I try and put this happy-go-lucky, it, no, it was affecting. It's the truth. <laughs> but even at that time, for a lot of people, yeah, I know your wife is in the but can you give me half an hour to discuss this project idea? But. Uh, and at that time, you actually want to be rude and say, dude, please. So that is the only time I really felt affected, but you know. Mm. Otherwise, in most cases, I see when, when people try and reach out, I see myself. 20 years back, 15 years back, even as recent as a couple of years back when I was raising funding for say, Indian roots or mm -hmm. the fashion period. So when I put myself in their shoes, I see it's okay. Mm. Okay. Have, and then luckily, last three years, my office was on Sona Road, Gurgaon. I live in South Delhi. So it was a two and a half hours commute one way. Oh my God. And I don't drive. So mm. Mitlesh should be driving and I had this five hours of me time in the car. Mm. Where if I just put my phone on silent and put it aside, I had all the time in the world. Yeah. So that was a blessing. Now I don't because now I'm in South Delhi. My office is South Delhi. Yeah, yeah. So I try and invent fictitious meetings. <laughs> so I go and sit. Like this is a lovely place outside. I go and say, okay, I'm going to sit there. Right. And I sit, I read. Uh, I've recently got addicted to Netflix. Mm, mm -hmm. And I'm trying to watch content in different languages so that it's a little bit out of your comfort zone. Okay. So I'm watching Malayalam movies. Mm. 
Okay. I saw Pablo Escobar in Spanish without oh. subtitles, trying to understand what it means. Oh, okay. And okay. now I'm discovering newer things, so so it's good fun. <laughs> I've still not binge watched Silicon Valley, which I hope to watch, but I don't know. At some point, you will. Yes. Yeah, you just check it off your when you do the fictitious meetings and everything. <laughs> yeah. So stuff like that. So you know now that you've kind of been able to, I guess maybe learn how to maybe say no or mm. protect yourself in, in those. I still ways. suck at it. I mean, I still can't say no very bluntly, mm. uh, which is where I'm a little bit of softy, so I get. What do you think that? What do you think people are afraid of most? You know, when they are in your position, you know, like. Because you have so many different requests, and they're obviously on your end, your perspective. Um, even for people who are listening or watching this, huh. you are also a human being. Absolutely. And even with myself, you know, I get so many different requests every single mm. day. You're right. People are, you know, it's so easy to get your information off of social media absolutely, and everything. Absolutely. You do feel obliged, but then also, you know, what are you? What are you actually? You know. Afraid of that if you instead of being no, misunderstood what? a lot of times. So what happens mm. is a lot of times people come and they have a chat with me and I say okay I will do this. But a lot of times they take it as so it's happened to me very recently. I was somebody got in touch with me and said you know I want to help you do this project. I said okay started helping me. I thought then that person turned out and said I want funding for my venture. Mm. Now that was not a venture mm. which I felt was fundable. So we said no. Mm -hmm. And the moment we said no, this guy just he took it very badly that you led me up a garden path, led me to believe that you would fund it. That's the reason I help you do this. Uh, and he suddenly turned so vindictive and vicious. I was actually taken aback. Yeah. So there's expectations. And so there's and at some point, I actually questioned myself: Did I at any point let this guy to believe that I would do that? Mm. Maybe not consciously, subconsciously. But then the flip side of that is when I now whenever I meet people, I bluntly tell them: First thing is, boss, I'm not looking at. So they said, no, but no, we're not, we're not looking for funding. Why, you do, why do you feel that we're looking? So <laughs> that balance I'm not able to strike. This is your trigger. It's like it's a, a trigger yeah. that, you know, it's like you have a shield. Yeah. So yeah. and then when I try and be that very organized, that's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In my case, whenever I meet people, I say, first let's talk about you as a person. Yeah. Everything else will come secondary. Well, I think, it, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, can you set healthy boundaries? Because we start with this conversation mm. when you have a child or even with your spouse, yeah. you know, the whole, you know, boundaries of, okay, I'm at work, I'm at work, or I'm at home, I'm at home, you know, so it starts off with that. Then mm. it's, okay, here's our boundaries in having conversations of this topic, yes. you know, and then, or, in, and I think that people, you know, tend to, if you're kind of, if you don't have any boundaries, if you're open to everybody, mm. and I think that's the biggest issue that I've seen, and you can, you know, I'd love to hear your perspective on it too, but the biggest issue I've seen is that because we're too afraid to mm. say, these are my rules, mm. either you, ex you know, respect them or you don't, then, you know, then we can have these conversations, or these are my rules, I don't care what you say. Mm. <laughs> These are my boundaries because I have to protect myself. So I need to learn that. Yeah. I need to learn that big so. time because in my case, I, I'm not that sort of a person. Mm. So, so for me, it is very tough. So I'm sitting and chatting with you and then I meet somebody for the first time to tell them, okay, you know, I would be the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that, that messes up a lot of things. Sure. And especially in today's day and time, you have to be very careful. Whatever you say might get perceived in whatever sense. Of course, the perception is, is everything. Is. And then for me to make that transition, so earlier when I was 
probably a senior manager, district center, Janakpuri, it didn't matter what I said. <laughs> now it does, for whatever label is on my business card. I, in, in my head, nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. I'm still the same guy who came to Delhi by Sachkhand Express with 400 bucks in my pocket. But for a lot of people, what I say, they look at it in a different way. But do you think, because you feel like you are still the same, right? Every, mm. Everything has, I mean, our body changes every seven years. You know, our thoughts kind of change as mm. well because we evolve every time. But do you think that, you know, you can still operate in mm. that way with that I, same humility and that same um, kindness and compassion and even empathy? So I'll tell you what, I, at some point I, Every time I get suckered into something and then Pallavi turns to me and says, you keep doing it repeatedly, you know, why do you... But then, I don't know how to change myself for some external thing. Mm. Okay, it has happened, I, I say move on. Mm -hmm. I can't change myself, I am who I am. Mm. Good stuff happens, great. Bad stuff happened, it's okay, you move on. Mm -hmm. uh, but honestly, like, I don't feel 44. I'm 44, suddenly you've become uncle. <laughs> to a lot of young kids and I say, yeah, really? Well, you've climbed up to what, base camp in Mount yeah. Everest? So, so I, no, I was always very thin in life mm -hmm. and my, my ambition in life was to be a little healthy at some point. Now I'm very healthy and I'm trying to lose it and it's very tough. Uh, and I'm, I'm very lazy. I'm very bad at saying no to sweets or mm. good quality food. If I go to Indore, I mean, four kilos gained. Mm -hmm. I want to do that. Okay, I, need, I realize I need to now change the way I operate, mm. but I guess unless it becomes something drastic or dramatic, right. I don't know if I can. Well, it's so interesting because it's like when we experience a certain amount of pain, whatever mm. that pain is, right? We have a failed business, a failed relationship, mm. a failed partnership. Mm. That pain has to be so great or, a, a you know, God forbid, a, a, a sentence from a doctor. Mm. Pain sometimes has to be so great, then we change our ways. And yes. I don't know if that's the case for everybody, mm. but it seems like kind of, you know, this, this parallel path. So, I mean, if I were to say, you know, what is the biggest thing in your life mm. that you are completely focused on, you know, now, mm. perhaps maybe you've had... An interesting or a big, you know, challenging pain point. Now that you're looking at life differently, of course. What do you? What What has that? So for me, I would you? say honestly, transformational was last year when suddenly Pallavi had this. Uh, she started hallucinating big time, and of course, she has been. She was for a very or very long time. She was not able to sleep. She was not able to lie down. She would just sit up and sleep, and then one day she started hallucinating very badly. She was sitting and having a conversation with me, and she feels she's in an airplane. Okay, and we took her to Apollo and Doc said, okay, taking in too much CO level. All her vitals have gone horribly wrong. We took her to the ICU. It was a few days before her birthday and this lung doctor came and said, you know, okay, we'll do a trichostomy. I said, what's a trichostomy? He said, we'll just do a hole in her neck and you buy a ventilator at home and you put her on the vent. I said, okay, and when does she come off? He said, we don't know. Mm. That moment I still remember. I said, okay. And then I said, okay. That's what you're saying. What is the workaround? He said, there's no workaround. Mm. Luckily, her neuro, Dr. Suri, was the one who said, no, let's give it a few days. And at that point, I really felt helpless because I said, what do I do to not make this happen? Mm -hmm. I said, okay, let's try and behave as if it's not happening. It's not happening today. It was a birthday, so we launched a book in the ICU. We took a cake. We got permission to get our friends. That, yeah. I saw a dramatic turnaround. Mm. 
she i don't know what positivity happened what came she suddenly next and this is after 3 days of the doctor saying that there's nothing she has to be on a tricostomy on a ventilator at home he says okay she doesn't need to do a tricostomy she has to be on bipap support it'll be 15 hours a day but she can move around the house so for me if i look back that is one moment where i said that at any point where you say absolutely hopeless nothing can happen mm-hmm. just by positivity you can turn it around and i saw it happen medically mm-hmm. this i had also seen happen about 2005 when pallavi had lost her voice mm-hmm. because of the surgery and the ent had had apollard very clearly said she is never going to get it back because one cord is gone mm-hmm. the other is paralyzed it's gone and just by doing yoga and pranayam it took us two and a half years wow. but she got her voice back So since then I have this one standard dialogue which all my friends hit me on the head for saying I say it's all in the mind. Mm-hmm. So when I was trying to go to Everest base camp thanks to Vishal who said chal I went to a doctor who said no you can't go because your challenge is oxygen and the only thing less there is oxygen. I said okay so how do we work it around? And I sat with Dilshad who's a rock star. She said okay what do you want? I said my machine needs to be charged. She said fine I'll organize for the machine to be charged. Then the guy said but it will not work at that altitude. So I said, okay, let's break it down. At what altitude will it stop working? He said this. I said, so that's only four days. Mm. So then I went to the doctor. I said, will I die in four days? Mm. He says, maybe. We don't know. So I said, okay, what will happen? Will I immediately collapse? He said, no. You'll have start having symptoms. I said, okay. So then a chopper can come and pick me up. So I went with full consciousness that even hundred meters from the base camp, I will have to be probably evacuated. Mm. And there was a lady in our team who had to be evacuated the last day. I mean, she was like four hours away from the base camp. and she had to be evacuated but the funny part is two days before that we had a oxygen level check mine was the highest oh it was a sherpa goodness. level <laughs> and they said the machine is wrong though because you are a sleep apnea patient how can your oxygen will be best in the group wow. we checked it three times so i come back to it's all in the mind i was having fun mm. i decided i'm not in a race i'm going to walk very slowly mm-hmm. i had two awesome people amit singhal and vishal gondal walking and supporting me and then of course harpreet was the one who had carried all the medicine sure. she had all, she knew that whenever i was feeling low she'd say laddu khana hai <laughs> she'd come out with a little laddu i would sit in the punjabi in mute say okay laddu hai chalo let's go walk so it happened and the moment i finished that and, and, and there are a couple of people who passed away there so when i came back i said oh. i can do anything in life yeah so i think these are a couple of triggers so whenever now of course uh, i it came to a point honestly this year but i was not getting a kick out of anything in life mm-hmm. so i love to read i was just not able to read i would buy books i wanted to read read a couple and just keep it away no sense in music i was a huge movie buff mm-hmm. i couldn't watch movies and this is the first time in my life i would start watching a movie which i wanted to watch and just leave it after 15 20 minutes and i said what's happening to me the spark is gone mm-hmm. so for a couple of days i was going through the motions there was no spark and then i said okay it will not get it's going to like a hindi movie it's going to come back right. it's going to be baby steps so let's take baby steps mm-hmm. so i revived the india network which is the community i'm building yes i started going and meeting entrepreneurs in tier 2 cities mm-hmm. and then i started connecting with them it's not 100% there yeah. but it's mm-hmm. it's getting back there it's almost like you needed to take a break for you and for to kind of reorganize priorities. Not the kind of break I really wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the universe or you know the world shows you okay yeah. this is what you need to focus on. Yeah. And I think that for so many entrepreneurs or leaders or you know game changers visionaries whatever in the world, you know there are distinct moments in life where n- no matter what, you know, it's going to 
make you pause, make you take a break, make you stop. So here's the thing. When I was doing the ABC, yeah. Pallavi told me, everybody told me, you're going for 14 days, completely disconnect. Mm. You know, because that's what you need. You need to reload yourself. Now, my challenge was I had to be accessible because in case of a medical emergency, my phone should work. So I had my phone, I had taken SIM cards, I was on internet. But then I discovered that I started posting all the ABC photos and videos on Facebook. Mm. And I started getting comments and I was... Mm. And everybody told me, but you didn't take a break because you were connected. But I said I was having fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I don't agree with the fact that as an entrepreneur, probably, you know, you need to go away and then completely unplug yourself from the... I'm not wired probably that way. <laughs> right, 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 you know? right, right. So even if I go on a break, mm. I, I, I filter out what I want to connect with. Yeah. But I'm okay to be connected. But everybody around me keeps having this template which says, no, but to reboot, go completely off the grid. But not even in that way. It's almost like you lost your sense of purpose and drive for like probably a short brief time. Yeah. Only to recalibrate and say, okay. It's a very conscious thing. Yeah, actually. like life is important. Your wife is important. All of these other absolutely, factors absolutely, are important. Absolutely, absolutely. And I guess, you know, which we can talk for hours, and we have, yes. obviously, <laughs> okay. as always. But, you know, to kind of you know, summarize and kind of really ask, you know, for all of the, the folks out there who, you know, haven't really had as full of a life as you, I mean, trekking up to Everest Base Camp with a CPAP, <laughs> you know, being able to do all of these things and kind of, you know, just the way that you're even, mm -hmm. you know, teaching your son how to be resilient as a He's businessman. teaching me. <laughs> He's teaching and me. being 11 years old, I mean, there's so many different aspects. And, you know, for, for entrepreneurs who are just starting out or leaders who are kind of, you know, in this transition mode and obviously life hits us in every single capacity because that's what it does. Hmm. What are your tips? And what, what has been the main thing that has kept you going all of these years? If you've had to pick a pick characteristic. I would say innovation, in, initiative. Mm. So I remember in 2011, I had exited Fashion in You. I had spent about a year and a half with Pallavi in various hospitals, Apollo. Mm. I came back professionally and I realized that I was disconnected. Nobody wanted to connect with me because I was a has-been. I had done Fashion in You, but that's it. And the world of e-commerce had, of course, moved on. I had no offers coming. Mm. Nobody wanted to meet me. And one day I woke up and I suddenly realized that I had not left my house for two days. Mm. And I don't know what triggered. I said, okay, things will only change if I change. Mm -hmm. I got up, I called a small digital agency. I said, I need you to send me a photographer, get a photo shoot done. Mm. And I can pay you later. He said, fine. Mm. I got up, put on my best suit, yeah. my best smile, got a few pictures clicked, changed my DP in Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah. Added a few nice positive comments. This is at 11 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. At 9 o'clock at night, I get a mail from a gentleman saying, there's an opportunity, I want you to come and see me tomorrow. Mm. I call him, I go and see him. By afternoon next day, I have an offer with a 26% equity and a decent, more than decent salary package. Gosh. And said, we are backing you with $5 million. Less than 24 hours. Wow. If I had not got off my butt and done that, yeah. I would have been probably still moping around and I see unfortunately a lot of people who keep saying nothing is happening but you need to keep doing stuff yeah. maybe everybody will not get lucky that okay that instant but maybe it's that 300 hit which is going to unlock and you stop at 299 mm. you just never know so I was reading up some material and I realized that Google guys pitched for 350 times before they raised their first round of funding yeah. Yeah. so if that stop at 349 they, they would never know never I meet a lot of people today who stop at 349. Mm. 
so in my case i don't understand no i don't understand negativity yeah so whether it's pallavi's medical condition whether it's round of funding whether it's whatever you have to keep going mm. if you keep going i love like that. jack ma says today is bad tomorrow is worse but day after it'll be awesome it'll be better yeah you don't understand no you don't, understand. you don't i don't understand, understand that no. i don't understand that at all rahul it is always always a sincere pleasure just to sit down have some chai <laughs> have some rajma black chow, coffee black <laughs> coffee and hang out with you thank absolutely. you absolutely thank, thank you. you so much i want to be able to like trek up everest with you come on may 1st may to 20th may we are all going goki yeah. Okay, maybe we'll see. Wait, and then also, where can everybody find what you're doing, what you're up to, follow you? I'm very active on Facebook. Very active, yes. He I'm is very less active than active on LinkedIn because unfortunately, you get spammed a lot on LinkedIn. Okay, we won't send That's anybody yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. So Facebook is where I'm very active. Awesome, awesome. Otherwise, they can always call Everywhere. me. Everywhere, and then India Network is what? India Network. It's a community yeah. I'm building on the ground, mm-hmm. specifically targeted to tier two, three, four, five, six cities of India. Mm-hmm. So if you understand Bombay, yeah, there's a political party there called the Shiv Sena. Mm-hmm. I'm very inspired by the early days of the Shiv Sena and how Bala Saheb built this whole community, mm. where every corner would have a shakha which would help the community. And it's just grass. So that's my inspiration for building a community. So it's IndianNetwork.in. The IndianNetwork.in. The IndianNetwork.in. But I saw the movie Facebook and I heard Sean Parker say, "Drop the the." So we are dropping the the. It's now in India Network. Only. India. We still have to change the website. Okay, in India Network. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thanks, Rahul. Thank you. Mm. Namaste. Thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Leadership Podcast, where you can learn from unique game changers on how to enhance your human potential and uncover the new era of leadership using the methodology of emotional grit. For a full series of podcasts and access to additional resources, please visit emotionalgrit.com. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please spread the love and give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it with your friends. We would so love your feedback.